Welcome to Nuclear Popcorn. The rules of the game are simple. The host will show the players the last five minutes of a movie they haven't seen. The players will have a week to formulate a pitch of what they think the plot is. The closest gets meaningless points. Maybe a crisp high five. Probably a smooch on the forehead because they're a good boy. Or girl. The host will then reveal what the actual plot was. And that's it. You'll get it. You're smart. And your host for the week is... Hi, I'm Luke. I really... I don't know how to start <laughs> this either. This none is, of us do. This is... Wow. Hi, I'm the host this week. Um, yeah, welcome to this episode of... Hi, Luke. I'm Dad. Hi. Hi, <laughs> hi Dad. Dad, you have a lot of explaining hi, to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for oh, joining no. us again. Um, this week, uh, I decided to show everybody the movie Nick and Tristan Go Megadega. <laughs> Nick and Tristan Go Megadega. <laughs> which is a title. What a great name. I know, right? Like, it really just rolls off the tongue. Um, Should we go around and introduce everyone? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm Luke. I'm the host. Hi. Good to... I say it... I'm, I want to say it's nice to see you again, but we're not seeing them. I say it, like, every week. Anyway, hi, I'm Luke. It's good to be back. Hi, I'm August. It's nice to see you again. It's nice to see you, buddy. It's, it's nice to see everyone here, all all 15 of you. <laughs> 15 Maybe. people in the room or 15 people listening? Are there not 15 Com- people in combined. the room? Uh, f- yeah, 15, combined. 15 Total. people combined. Total. <laughs> if I combined all of you, you're 15 people in my head. Um, yeah, hi, I'm August. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm the woman. <laughs> and that's just going to be my entire tagline. I don't know. I As previously as established. Pre- yeah, I'm, I'm here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ben. Hi, Ben. <laughs> and that's my intro. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hello. I'm sad. Lovely to see Hi. you. <gasps> Dad. <laughs> Luke and I are brothers. Uh, can, can you tell that we're out of practice right now? <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, Just a little bit. What's everybody been up to? You guys see any good movies recently or anything? Bro, I got to check Letterboxd. Oh, my God. <laughs> my memory is so bad. I know the th- Ben, August, and I went to go see Banshees of Inisherin. That was good. That was good. That was good. Great that was good. movie. That was so good. Um, went to see Triangle of Sadness this last week. How was that? Theaters. Wild. Yeah? Wild. I, I want to go see it. Lots about... Class division. It's by the guy who did the square, Ruben Osland. Haven't um, seen the square yet, but I we should. To. We should also watch the square. We should watch the square. Is this a series of polygonal titles? Square, the triangle. Yeah, the next one's gonna be the, the Decahedron. Of... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 that's the finale. That's the finale. That's their Infinity War. <laughs> that's, in the, that's their Infinity. That's it's a big crossover. The crossover. <laughs> I watched all of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Ooh. Ooh. Within yeah. like three days, I want to say. How is it? It depends on the episode. <laughs> it really, really depends on the episode. There were there were a few that were really good, and then a few that were like really bad. So it just it every episode is a different director. Oh, so it's not, and he didn't direct any of them. But like some of them are like Jennifer Kent, who's great. Um, How many episodes are there? There's eight. I think there's eight. How do you um, how do you make eight episodes about a cabinet? You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're really into you kitchenware, sh- you, you should just watch it. I think August, I'm funny. You should just watch it. You'll find out. Was oh, it actually about a cabinet? 
he he basically he has this cabinet full of props at the beginning that Guillermo del Toro himself he like comes out and he brings a little statue of the director and an object from the episode and he oh, says this is who's directing it this is the plot and he says this like poetic thing before oh, that's and cool. that's kind of it so it's kind of like Indian in the cupboard makes meets Hellboy yeah. Oh, I guess you got, oh. I guess you got I the know. cupboard and Guillermo del Toro in there. <laughs> and the little figures okay. that I assume come to life. If they don't, it's not a good show. So yeah, um, this week uh, I showed everybody Nick and Tristan go mega dega, which is a, a wild movie from the deep recesses of my childhood. <laughs> um, so yeah, Uh do we want to go into the last five minutes that you guys saw and oh, yeah. <laughs> what you think happened? I, I do want to say I did not show them the actual last five minutes because it's just all resolution and it's boring. So there's a bit of a chase sequence that I decided to show everybody. Um, yeah, so if you want to watch it, the I believe the time code, it's on YouTube. The time code we started that was 101.51? Yeah, 101.51. So one hour, one minute, 51 seconds. Yep. And then we went until... 10651? Not exactly. Right, right when Nick and Tristan fly away number, on yeah, the right skateboard. Fly away. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we stop. Okay, so it starts with a bunch of uh talking beetles under the underground. Of, yeah, stop motion animated bugs. They all have three eyes. Three eyed. Um, and, and they start by saying, They helped us, so, so we'll, we'll help, help them. them. May I just say, <laughs> I misremembered probably all of the five minutes that we watched. <laughs> so my pitch will reflect that interpretation. Um, Make the movie you want to see, Ben. It's, it's okay. Right. It's okay. Yeah. I forgot that uh, Captain Crunch was in it. So. I, I wrote down Captain Crunch and forgot what that meant. Yeah. And so I just ignored it. I, I forgot what his name was. I can't remember what I put in my, him in my notes as. But yeah, we start with these bugs uh, in the sewer. Yeah. And they're like, come on, gang, let's, I guess, let's help them because they helped us. Um, some bugs crawl out of a potato chip bag. And then uh, it's revealed that we're in a live action movie <laughs> featuring these animated bugs and animated little cartoon effects. Um, and I guess there are a bunch of kids trying to get home before their parents. Oh, okay. So it's Nick and Tristan are like these two kids skateboarding away from a bunch of like punks covered in like ribbons and party hats they're like hype beast kind of yeah. fashion sense but it looks like they were coming from a birthday party or something they <laughs> or hats they're kind of like hype beasts and like 80s clash style punks and yeah. like i think there's a mall cop in there too yeah and they're all covered in like ribbons and party hats this makes me so happy and, and they're chasing sure, like, nick and tristan who are skateboarding away. i'm not sure of the time period i have no i mean it looks like it's from every every decade for the last five decades yeah definitely uh, so they're skateboarding away and then it's Ch- moe's from ned's declassified yeah. yep. with two kids on a on an electric, on a, like a like rocket powered scooter. scooter. That's the best thing I could describe it as. Is this a scooter? I think I don't know. Some That's what I thought it was. It might have been like a, a bike or something. It was something. a motorized little vehicle. You know, I didn't even notice that. Why do they have a scooter when they're skateboarders? I, I'll never I tell. tell. <laughs> I'll never tell. Um. So, there. She's the Jenna. Uh, Mose says they're gonna beat us home, and then the. 
girl is like not on my watch or something like that and she hits yeah, the rocket hits button the nitro and they, <laughs> and they they drive past the dad from phil of the future, of the future and yep. their mom i assume it's i assume it's their mom who seems the pretty pissed off she's yeah. angry. angry her name is sylvia sylvia yes I don't want to give anything away, but that is their mom. Okay. 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 <laughs> we figured. I did not write it as their mom in okay. the pitch. Um, and the, so the bugs try to help them. They throw floss across the road trying to prevent the hype beast. But it's floss, so it doesn't work. Right. So they just run and fling the, the bugs everywhere. And then Nick and Tristan go into a crowd of people. And and then they end up at the Mega Dega. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a skating uh-huh. competition. Hosted by Captain Crunch. Hosted by Captain Crunch. Yes. A live action version of Captain of Crunch. Of course, of course, a live action yeah. Captain yeah. Crunch. <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> um, and then they enter the competition. And they're they're really good. Like three of these five minutes is just them. Pulling off six skateboard tricks. I'm going to be honest, about a quarter of this movie is all skateboarding. Excellent. Oh, I didn't put nearly enough skateboarding in my pitch then. Well, I put the right amount of skateboarding. (laughs) (laughs) But so they they pull off a bunch of sick tricks, and I guess they win. No, while they're doing it, Mm -hmm. one of the judges, who is clearly a 10-year-old child, child. (laughs) leans over to a fully grown man and goes, no, don't do that. They're great. I think implying that he was going to give them a low, a low score. score. And then they end up getting tens across the board. Yes. Perfect and a trophy score. at the end, apparently. And yeah. And they yeah. do, they, they grab the, they, they weren't even they, granted the trophy. No. <laughs> they skate up the ramp, grab the trophy, and then fly off into the clouds. <laughs> they just defy gravity. Much akin to right Sandy and John Travolta in Greece. <laughs> it's out of nowhere, but also I shouldn't be surprised. That was a wow, that's very accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember a lot more dialogue than yeah, I did. <laughs> that was that was that was certainly a movie. Or the last What a five picture. Minutes of a movie. That was you you certainly picked what something, Luke. Picture. Oh, thanks. I you know, I try. That was <laughs> you guys caught pretty much every detail. That was great. Not uh, but August caught every detail. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying. We got those details not. on the second one. <laughs> um, no, I, all of those details I just said, I completely forgot about I when I was making forgot this pitch. Those, yeah. <laughs> it's been like two weeks since we recorded an episode mm-hmm. and watched this five minutes. We're a little rusty. And man, what an acid trip of a comeback. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do we want to go into the first pitch, which is, drum roll, uh, August. Hi. Um, alrighty, so I will say that I forgot a, a lot of what we saw, but I'll just go, I guess I'll just go right into it. All right. So the movie starts with former gods of chaos, Nick and Tristan, breaking into an active murder scene. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, no, well, well, no, <laughs> sorry. well, Nick tampers with the evidence. <laughs> Tristan pretends to be a witness to the murder and gives the cops false testimony. Oh. And then cuts to two kids, a boy and a girl. Let's call them Sandra and David. They're going through their morning routine, which they have to do by themselves since their mom, Jennifer, works all the time and their dad is a deadbeat senator. Um, naturally. Cut, naturally. It cuts back to Nick and Tristan going back home, and their home is a race car bed in a crack house. There, oh. They are, oh. there they are stopped by an 80-year-old female crack addict. 
She says she's an oracle. Nick and Tristan first dismiss her. Good for her. <laughs> but then she accurately guesses Nick's uh, fetish, which is being praised. What? And piss. Uh, she tells them. Wait, 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 wait. I have a few questions. Go back a second. Or yeah, can we, uh, can yeah, we take a break oracle, and ask some questions? She can, she can predict the future, right? How old are Nick and Tristan? <laughs> Canonically, no, I, I, I they, they look like children, and that's all I'm going to uh, say right now. They look I like children. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Sorry, all right. Proceed, proceed. All right. Yeah, I will say that. They are not children in my pitch. Um, so she tells them of the Megadega, an ancient competition, the winner of which will be granted a place in the heavens. They say, yeah, we know, then insult the fact that her kids don't want to see her. But the crack oracles. <laughs> the crack oracle. <laughs> but the crack oracle says that if there is an empty chair, an empty seat on the pantheon, the pantheon being the thrones held by the eight most powerful gods. Oh my lord! If there's an empty Whoa. seat, the winner of the Megadega will take that empty throne and become a part of the pantheon. This excites Nick and Tristan since they want their seat on the pantheon back. The oracle tells them that Ramhar, the god of money, greed, and small business loans, who currently sits on the Pantheon, <laughs> has a human host who Nick and Tristan can use to kill Ramhar. They ask who, and she says it's the leader of the Glorico comp- uh, Corporation. Nick and Tristan go to their public library, since they love government-funded education, to use the <laughs> computers. <laughs> they find out the CEO of Glorico is a man named Phil. They follow Phil for a day and find out he has a mistress, Jennifer. Sandra and David's uh, uh, mom. Uh, Nick and Tristan know that she is the key to killing Ramhar. Get close to Jennifer and use her to threaten Glorico, Glorico, and Ramhar will come stop them. After Phil leaves, Jennifer breaks down crying. She loves Phil but hates when he goes home to his wife and kids. Sandra and David see this again and wish they could do something. Nick and Tristan hear this from their bush. Oh, yeah, Nick and Tristan are hiding in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> Nick okay. and Tristan hear the kids and slip them a book with a fake ritual to summon the great gods, Nick and Tristan. Uh, the kids sacrifice their stuffed rabbits, all of their Legos, and then their real pet rabbits. And in a puff of vape, Nick and Tristan climb <laughs> to the window and appear as gods. The children make a deal with Nick and Tristan to ruin Phil's life. Now, Glorico's main business is an extensive series of restaurants that pose as locally owned businesses. So first, Nick and Tristan and the kids need to ruin these restaurants. They all travel deep into the sewers of the city to find the Roaches, a race of beings who were long ago banned from the heavens for crimes they didn't commit. Hmm. Um, the Roaches, yeah. So that that's what the the stop motion three eyed beetles are. <laughs> the Roaches ask why they should trust Nick and Tristan since Nick and Tristan are gods, but they say that they're actually not gods anymore. So decades ago, Nick and Tristan were well, were well respected chaos party gods who lived in the heavens and sat on the pantheon during one rager. The father god, Vince Vaughn, attempted a keg stand, (laughs) but started to choke and he fell. As a strange ploy to get Nick and Tristan's seat on the Pantheon, Ramhar claimed that the keg was poisoned and Nick and Tristan must have tried to kill Vince. Vince, trying to not look like some kind of nerd who can't do a sick keg stand, banished Nick and Tristan from the heavens. To add insult to injury, Vince cursed them with children's bodies so they couldn't get down with any adult hotties. Um, this didn't bother Tristan. So, like, they're not kids. <laughs> they're not kids. They're and ancient gods in children's yeah. bodies so they can't get with adult hotties. With it's all making yeah. sense now. The Roaches show sympathy for Nick and Tristan's story but are concerned that they won't actually get anything from the plan. David speaks up and says that they will have access to near-infinite sources of food which will help them with, which will help with their need to feed their already overpopulated tribe. Um, the Roaches take the deal and thank Nick and Tristan for saving their race of people. 
Dickentristen also promised to restore the roaches to their place as the celestial commercial plumbers. Nick and Tristan then split. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Tristan then split up with the kids. Nick and Tristan will work on killing Ramhar and practicing their sick skateboard tricks, while the kids convince their mom to go to Phil's wife about the affair. The kids do convince Jennifer to come clean, but when she does, Phil's wife Sylvia doesn't care. In fact, Sylvia has been allowing Phil to sleep with his cheap, dirty whore while she actually <gasps> runs the business. Whoa. Wow. Um, so Nick and Tristan go to the church That's of... That's quite mean. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvia's not a good person. Um, Nick and Tristan go to the church of Ramhar, which is in the back of an advanced title loans. The church is full of punks worshipping Ramhar. Nick and Tristan talk to the head priestess and tell her that they want to meet with her god or they will kill his host, Phil. Out of the, out of the priestess, Ramhar appear, appears in a plume of smoke, laughing. He solidifies into the shape of Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks and tells them they have nothing. <laughs> Phil's not Ramhar's host. Sylvia is Ramhar's host. Mm. The kids call uh-huh. Nick and Tristan and tell them that Sylvia knows about the affair, the affair and she's the real leader of Glorico. Then there's a flashback to the crack oracle saying that Ramhar's host is the leader of Glorico. And they're like, oh, it must be the CEO. Right, kids really... movie. They have to connect the dots for e- you. Exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> By flashing back to the crack oracle. Um, <laughs> Nick and Tristan hang up on the phone. And while Ramhar is laughing, they slit his throat and get the heck out of the advanced title loan place. Oh. <laughs> Nick and Tristan go back to Jennifer's house and regroup with the kids where they finally meet Jennifer. They haven't met her this whole movie. This is the first time Nick and Tristan actually meet her. And Nick thinks she's hot. So he starts hitting on Uh-oh. her. Uh, she says, when you're older, then gives him a blank check style kiss. You've oh, seen blank check. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. So they all hatch a new plan. On the day of the Megadega, Jennifer, Jennifer and her kids will have a public press conference to tell the world of Phil's affair. Which, because of Sylvia's independent woman public image, will force Sylvia to divorce her husband and lose control of Glorico. Um, that night, while Nick is trying to seduce Jennifer and Tristan is enjoying his asexual lifestyle, they both receive evites on their AOL accounts doing huge <laughs> rave during the Megadega. They decide to swing by the mega, uh, swing by the rave before the Megadega. Through her channels, Sylvia learns of the press conference. So the next day, Nick and Tristan go to the rave, but learn it's a trap set by the, the followers of Ramhart to kill them. Jennifer and the kids head to the press conference on their tiny rocket-powered scooter, but see Sylvia and Phil heading to stop it. Through hijinks, Nick and Tristan escape the rave and race to the Megadega. And then that's where the, la- the five minutes we just watched comes in. Oh my goodness. And then wow. at the end of the movie, Nick and Tristan get, they win the Megadega and get reinstated on the Pantheon as Chaos Party Gods. Glorico is shut down and broken into many tiny companies, which destroys the Glorico monopoly that had been ruling the futuristic dystopian society where most humans have lived as slaves. By the way, oh. this society is a futuristic dystopian uh, where everyone lives as slaves. And everyone uses a I, exactly. I, I. Uh, Nick and Tristan are given their adult bodies back, and then Nick oh. and Jennifer get married. Mm. Tristan shows David the beauty of an asexual lifestyle, and the whole movie ends with a huge musical number at the massive drug-fueled orgy that is Nick and Jennifer's wedding. Oh. Man, how did you guess every detail? <laughs> In this, what, 70-minute movie? Yeah, this movie's an hour and 15 minutes. That is one mm. fucked up premise. I mean, Thank you. Thank like, you. Ramhar and everything, you really nailed it. But, it cries a little. But I will say, Chaos Party Gods are a perfect way to describe Nick and Tristan. It's the only, I saw them, I was like, okay, these are Chaos Party Gods. Like, yeah. I can't describe them any other, I can't think of them as anything else. I oh did like goodness. that Vince Vaughn cursed them with a rhymey spell and rhymed <laughs> a child, child children's bodies and... 
Oh, I didn't even. I, I didn't even do that on purpose. Run bodies with hotties. You're just spitting bars unintentionally. I'll curse you with children's bodies, so you can't get with adult hotties, right? Yeah, you know the things that Vince Vaughn. Is yeah. <laughs> All because of a. Vince Vaughn says that. Like, because he couldn't do a keg stand or I mean, something. He failed at a keg stand. He failed at a keg. He was a he was a little shy, so Rampart helped mm. him out. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. That'd be a much better movie than that. <laughs> Wow, that was. I don't even know how to <laughs> I, I, take th- that in. These uh, are the things I come up with while I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a great time at work. Yeah. Wow. All um, right. All right. I guess we'll move on to the next pitch. But before we do, we're going to try to change things up here Add on little, nuclear popcorn little... and have some in between bits, in between pitches, because a lot of talking. And as the host, this is also my stand-up routine, so <laughs> this is just the outlet that I've chosen to tell really terrible jokes. Um, so yeah, we're just going to tell at least my bit for the time being. We're all going to have our own bits. We're going to tell some terrible jokes. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, my buddy used to date a cross-eyed girl till he found out she was seeing someone on the side. Ba-dum. Anyway, Ben. <laughs> Hannah, would you like to present your pitch? Is that your only joke? That's, I got a joke for every transition. You know, transition. We'll, we'll, okay. have, we'll have one here after All yours. Right. All right. Okay. All right. You guys ready? Very much so. Oh, yeah. All right. Imagine this. Plato's concepts of reality, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There's a sensible, tangible world and an intelligible, spiritual realm. It is my belief that Nick and Tristan go Megadega is a breakdown of Plato's concept here. Mm. Hence why the bugs are animated and the humans are not, as well as the dreamlike essence of the last part of the movie that we saw. Because there's a whole lot of stuff in that last five minutes that just does not seem real to me. I don't know. It just doesn't (laughs) seem real, okay? Believe it or not, the bugs are actually the tangible world, while the skateboarding preteens are part of the intelligible Essentially, the bugs want to escape their physical reality by imagining they're a part of the world above, in which the streets above are littered by humans, cheering, chasing, skateboarding humans. They even believe that Nick and Tristan know who they are. By escaping into this world of absolute truth, this higher meaning of life, or uh, just above ground, the bugs are amused but never fully sated or satisfied. The tragedy of it is this. At no point do we ever see the bugs and humans really together meaning that the bugs could never achieve the higher spiritual meaning of the life of a human being because they're trapped in their own physical reality. The closest they'll ever get to a shred of humanity is by collecting things like floss, gum, or potato chip bags. Nick and Tristan go Megadega is truly a tragedy. It's deep and totally obvious meaning is that of wanting to attain a higher sense of spirituality or life form without being capable of doing so Hence, having to be satisfied with what you have in your physical environment. In this case, the sewers. They will never know the love and care behind winning a golden trophy, the epic highs and lows of skateboarding, but they can watch as the humans <laughs> above them do, living the life they'll never have, but at least they have a jazz band. What the wow. heck? <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do dissertations. <laughs> dissertations in addition to summary. <laughs> Goodness. Nick and Tristan go make it. I just won every award. It's an in-depth analysis on, on humanity. They swept the Oscars next year. <laughs> what the hell was that? Those poor bugs. They said Oscar bait. 
that was that was beautiful. That was just amazing. I do have one question. Yeah. The, the line in there, the highs and lows of skateboarding. So, was oh. that taken for the highs and lows one of high school football? High school football. thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Just wanted to make sure. Riverdale. Right oh, my, oh, my oh, gosh. Dude. That was. And there's just so much you could do with that. In the middle of that pitch, August took off his glasses, <laughs> held his head in his hands, and just took a deep sigh. <laughs> and I, I just set my microphone down and just deep breathe for a couple minutes. That perfectly <laughs> describes how that made all of us feel. They were just like, that was... I, I want to see that movie so bad. I do. Like, I, I, I want that to be my I thing. Think afterwards we will yeah <laughs> i will just so. go in with Again, that interpretation incredibly accurate i don't know how you managed to guess <laughs> oh, that thank you thank you i think she just stole I'm my an oracle. pitch <laughs> you're, the, you're the crack oracle she's the crack oracle <laughs> i really do like the oracle i think she's badass i also think crack oracle is just a good band name it really it's a great band name yeah. but oh my gosh hannah that that was just you guys are really talented. You know I that? took philosophy in community college <laughs> <laughs> in California. Because I'm like imagining that like the human world, like it it makes no sense all the time. It really doesn't. It's no. just like random snippets A of crazy stuff going exactly. of everything happening. And it's just it's just them like having like deep like very personal issues with each other while trying to like yep think about these higher beings above them. Yep. It's like a reverse Mad God. If any of you have seen, I seen or heard Mad of God. Mad I've God. not. No. I've heard of it. I really want to see it. It's a really like desolate wasteland underneath. But if we were to like flip it upside down, that's exactly what Anna's pitch would be like. Wait, really? It's, it's I haven't seen it. very I swear. similar, very like dark themes for this children's movie. And I want to, I, we, we need to make this movie. Like, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I can't take all the credit. Play-Doh man. But still, it's Nick and Tristan. So don't forget. Yeah, Nick and Tristan go mega dega. That's just, I just want to see that movie so badly. I want to, I want to write too. that movie more. Like I want to, I want to make that. Wow. Oh my lot gosh. A lot of, lot of higher themes. Gosh. Placed in that. That was just. Thanks. Round of applause. Oh oh oh! Thank you. Oh, thank that was you. great. Because yeah, using one hand to hold the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Before we move on. To Mr. Ben's pitch, um, do you guys know what a Freudian slip is? It's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's where you say one thing but you mean your mother. I mean another. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part is like the half a second of dead silence. You can't see me, but I'm just nodding. <laughs> I'm just nodding at him, like uh huh. Your jokes are uh-huh. right. <laughs> Oh, gosh, uh, anyway, this is maybe, maybe we shouldn't continue with this bit. That no, was a I terrible. Love it. I love it. It's so <laughs> good. good. All right, even yeah, we could just like ramble a bunch of jokes at the end of this too. If <laughs> Benjamin, thank That's you. Me, I'm Benjamin. Um, yeah, let's just let's just hop right into it. So, Nick and Tristan are your average, ordinary, everyday skate kids, and they love skating in Pasadena, California. In the first five minutes of the movie, they realize that their parents are down on their luck. They had both of their family cars stolen a week ago, and they're barely making ends meet. How they ended up in Pasadena, California, where the cost of living is 66% higher than the national average, I couldn't tell you. And neither can Tristan (laughs) or Nick. Anyway, they decide to put their talents to the test and sign up for a national skate competition called Mega Dega that takes place in Burbank about an hour away from their home by bike ride. So since both of their family cars were stolen, they decide to spend the majority of the runtime biking and skating all the way there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> to, 
to win the competition and take home the $2.3 million prize oh. to support their family and give none of it to charity. <laughs> Along the way, Nick and Tristan dodge sketchy characters, celebrity home bus tours, Mario Lopez, and a functioning civilization of stop-motion bugs. <laughs> Now, let's talk about these bugs. <laughs> there are a bunch of beetles and other three-eyed insects that live in a harmonious existence in the sewers. They sing, dance, eat delicious garbage, and live the idyllic life you might expect from a group of bugs with no responsibilities. One day, the mayor of Bugtown, they call it Bugtown, acknowledges the fact that the citizens of Bugtown live in constant fear of humans due to the pest control industry reaching colossal optimization <laughs> with modern extermination technology. So, Did he you makes just over the hedge this movie? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so he makes this decree that all the working female bugs will leave their at-home duties and launch an attack on humanity, leaving the males at home to tend to their nests. Naturally. Many of the bugs rise up against the mayor and cry, There's no way we can defeat such an alpha species. They have cars and Roombas and hot yoga, but we're just measly little bugs. <laughs> There's no way we could possibly launch a successful attack to kill even more than one human, because in the event of one human's death, others will rise up against us and exterminate the lots, leaving our nests empty and our children to starve. And to that, the mayor replies, Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they prepare for war. <laughs> uh, we focus even tighter on a family of termites led by the matriarch of the family, Terminia, her two daughters, Terminity and Trina, and Trina's good-for-nothing ladybug husband, Frank. Frank <laughs> is a bit of a failure in life. Uh, he freeloads off the earnings of Trina and her sister, Terminity, but thinks this war on humanity is a good chance for him to do right by the home and care for the rest of the nest while his wife and sister-in-law fight the humans. Terminity hates Frank almost as much as she hates the war. In fact, in her introductory scene... Frank drops a mug of morning dew on the living room carpet, and Terminity rips off one of Frank's legs with her pincers and screams at him. She says, Get back in the kitchen, you worthless sack of hemolymph. The only reason I don't rip the rest of your legs off is because my sister likes you. You'll never be a part of this family, and I hate you. <laughs> so wow. Terminity doesn't like the war, <laughs> but she's forced to go. She and Trina are deployed on a scouting mission in a local human home, and Trina and Frank send love letters back and forth. Frank pines for her to return home from the war, and every night he prays that she'll make it through the next day. During that scouting mission, however, the horde of soldiers is wiped out, a devastating defeat by the hand of Western Exterminator Company. And Trina, as powerful as she is, doesn't make it out of there alive. Oh. On the flip side, Terminity returns home with one of her legs missing. She's absolutely crestfallen by the loss of her sister, and Frank can't believe it either. The matriarch of the family, Terminia, is slowly drifting from reality, so Terminity is absolutely lost in her faith, in her responsibilities to the family, and in her hopes that the nest will last for much longer. Frank sits down with Terminity one night and shows her the advancements he's made around the nest. He's repaired the roof that had fallen through the last month. He's expanded their storage so they can house more fabric and cardboard to eat. And he's even made a makeshift replacement for the leg Terminity ripped off. Terminity apologizes for ripping off his leg earlier, and she sees how the two of them aren't so different. What an art Frank! Frank offers to construct her replacement leg as well, so she can function how she used to. Terminity says she would like that. Terminity leans in for a kiss, but Frank turns away. His heart still lies with Trina, and oh. since her passing, his heart feels the same. I like Frank now. <laughs> if he were to love someone so close to Trina in this way, he could never forgive himself. Terminity feels embarrassed, but Frank assures her otherwise. The mother, Terminia, dies that winter evening. Diphtheria. The mayor of the town calls attention, <laughs> calls, calls attention oh to Bugtown, saying that they've made international progress and that all the nations of bugs around the world are ready to commence a vast uprising against humanity. They coordinate um, a plan for weeks before the mayor calls an all-able-bodied insect decree to rise and take charge. Male bugs, female bugs, non-binary bugs, everyone rises together as a bug band called the Septic plays them out. 
They try their hardest to prevent further human progress on that one fateful day. They use dental floss to try and stop a group of kids from running by, but are ineffective. The humans are too powerful and bulldoze the ranks relentlessly. The insect attack ends in ultimate failure. As Terminity and Frank fight side by side, they die together on the battlefield, united by their matching artificial legs, as though connected like family all along. Nick and Tristan go mega dega, get the $2.3 million prize, <laughs> and give nothing to charity because their family is still unable to live comfortably in Pasadena due to rising interest rates. The end. Oh my gosh, Ben. <laughs> I like Frank the Ladybug. Frank the Ladybug is a sweetheart. Yeah. I, you guys all like spent so much time on the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> And the bugs are a very minute part of this movie. I'm going to be very real. That's the part I dug the most That's in all honesty. That's the part I cared about. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I love oh it. Oh my gosh. Ben, that was insane. That was that, okay, have you ever seen like Solar, have you ever seen Solar Opposites? Any I've seen of you guys? like two episodes. Of no. That. There's one episode where it's, I think it's called, so the two, the main guys are like Corvo and Terry and it's like Corvo and Terry find a bear or something. And the description for the episode is, uh, like Corvo and Terry fight a bear. Yo, what's up? But it ends up being like a very touching story about people that they've kidnapped and put into a wall. Oh, oh while right. everything is going on in the background, because you can oh, see in the room. It's, 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 but it's like super touching, like kind of like very interesting story. Very good character development, but it's like there's a that's what it reminds that's you. That's so cool. <laughs> Everything says it's about a bear attack, but it's not at all. So it's Nick and Tristan go mega dega, but it's not about Nick and Tristan it's going mega dega. A termite tribe and <laughs> war and war. redemption so, and love. so are they trying to not kill Nick and Tristan because like Nick and Tristan like saved I, them? So or something? I forgot about. Them going, they helped us, so we'll help them. Okay. So I just assumed that they were trying to stop all of the people. Because <laughs> it's a war on humanity. Right. Maybe, right. maybe like, Nick and Tristan helped them on their journey, so they're like, we have to kill everyone besides Nick and Tristan. We like those right. two. Those they're chaos party gods really helped us out. <laughs> or if, they're rad as heck. If we took more time dependent on the international progress and how all of the bugs across the world, maybe they're referring to a separate tribe of bugs in a subplot. Um, and we spend even less time with Nick and Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> and Mar they meet Mario Lopez for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. I forgot. I yeah, I put that in there. <laughs> wow. I feel like Mario Lopez is the first one that the bugs kill. Yeah. And there's a that, very gruesome, like, very like heart wrenching scene where they kill business. Mario Lopez. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was that was intense. I, all the little man, bugs. I always feel like, oh, why didn't I study film in college? Because these are all amazing. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like you could have smoked something and you'd reach the same conclusion. <laughs> Is that what happened? Bro, don't be like us. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't don't study don't, film in college. Don't, don't do don't it. Go, don't go back in time three years and study film in college. Okay, don't do cool. it. No, don't do it. Past Luke, if you're listening to this, don't do it. Um, Wow. Would you guys like to hear the actual plot of the I would film? Love yeah, love to. hit us with it. <laughs> plot of the film. Before that, my ex-wife still misses me, but her aim is getting better. Anyway. But, <laughs> oh, uh, my lord. My ex-wife misses me. But her, but her aim is getting better. So first, I guess I have to... Did Grunkle Stan say that at one point? Oh, yeah, it's first from episode. It's like did, right? episode. He did, right? I'm right? Yeah, or, I know that no, sorry, well. second episode on the lake. It's on the lake. He's in the boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the, with but the Loch Ness Monster. He says it to the couple that, like, the husband's proposing. Right. <laughs> 
I know that scene I, is I'm forever a, ingrained I, in my head. I'm a big Gravity Falls fan, so I, I know that show way too well. Room. That show's so um, good. Anyway, that's whenever I test a microphone, I studied audio in college. Whenever I test a microphone, I tell that exact joke. <laughs> it's a it's a good one. It goes from the highs to the lows. You know what I'm saying? Highs and lows of high school football. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so I guess I have to award points. Um, as far as what did we say? Ten points for the actual plot. It's up to you. Yes, for, it's it's whatever you want to do. How are you going to judge accuracy? <laughs> I award ten beetles of the, the ten fake animated beetles of the actual plot of the movie to Ben. Yep. Okay. Because of the first... Because of the... <laughs> Literally. <laughs> because by default, you're technically right. I mean, yeah. You you actually wrote what you think this movie's about. You know, besides bug war and highs and lows of war on humanity. Um, <laughs> but my personal favorite, I might give to Hannah. Because yes. I really want to see that movie, mm. and I want to have like an experience watching. I'm flattered. This, thank you. You know, philosophical discussion, <laughs> right? Unfold like, in a. I want to. I want to feel how I felt walking out of everything, everywhere, all at once. But about Nick and Tristan, go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. All right. So yeah, do you guys want to hear the actual plot of the movie? Yes. Yes. Yes, please. So Nick and Tristan Go Mega Dega is a 2010 film made by Cornerstone. 2010. Enter- 2010. That doesn't seem right. No, no. it's old. It's, <laughs> it looks so old. It's well, yeah. Well, I mean, oh. it's got Moe's from Ned's Classified. Well, can't be super old, but like, I I would have guessed like 2000 and. Five? That's what I would have guessed. Four? I don't know. No, yeah, it's 2010. Oh, my God. Wow. 2010, made by Cornerstone Entertainment. So Nick and Tristan Pusa are actual twin skateboarders who became internet sensations after their dad made skateboarding videos of them, put them up on YouTube. They went viral. So they had actually, like, had a name for themselves before the movie started, and then they got a movie. I think Nickelodeon was involved in this at some point, but I could be wrong. I couldn't find anything from Nickelodeon, but I vaguely remember that. I could be wrong, though. So the movie starts. We wake up in the desert. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, um, oh, Nick and Tristan are seen trekking across the desert, um, look to the distance and see a mirage of what they find is Mega Dega, which is this amazing skateboarding competition that they want to go to more than anything in the world. As they keep, you know, skating, try and skate faster, their their legs get trapped in the Wait, sand. They're skateboarding through the desert. Yeah, that's okay. I'm having well, trouble like realizing this is not this is the actual movie. This is the yeah. actual plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, same here, same here. Um, as they try to like push on their skateboards, their wheels get trapped in the sand and they can't go further. They know they can walk in the desert, right? Like, but they gotta skate. They, they gotta, gotta skate. skate. It's Mega Dega. It's like it's like the it's like Skate Three, the video game where you can't get off your skateboard. No, but <laughs> had to do it to them. It's in the desert, <laughs> and it's real people. Um, so eventually, they realize their defeat because they're trying to skate but their wheels won't let them move because they're in sand. They fall. They find a golden skateboard in the sand. Like you do. Like you do. Um, I think it's Nick, like, brushes the sand off of it, and a genie pops out. Wait, real quick. Which one's Nick and which one's Tristan? Nick has, like, the slick hair. Tristan has the curly hair. Okay. They're twins. Oh, I thought one was blonde and one was brunette. Wait, is that genetically possible? Yeah. I guess? I guess. If you're twins, you can... 
I don't know. I think in your head, whatever, like we were, I think Nick is the blonde. How did genetics work again? Tristan is the brunette one. (laughs) Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Wait, so they're actually twins in real life? Right. Oh, then it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like identical twins? Yeah. Okay. Wait. In fact, they make a joke about it later in the movie. It's like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 10. How old are you? 10 and 20 minutes. Like, they are identical twins. Um, So the genie comes out of the skateboard, grants them three wishes. They fumble the bag and say, like, oh, I wish I could think of something. And then he's like, oh, you just wasted a wish. But then (laughs) they wish to go to Megadega, which is the biggest skate competition of the summer. And then as they're like, oh, I wish to go to Megadega, they wake up. It was all a dream. They're normal 10-year-olds. Oh. Um, Okay. (laughs) I know. It's very disappointing. Um, So... They start their day, they go about their day eating breakfast or whatever, and on screen is, as they're watching TV eating breakfast, is a commercial for uh, Boom Kaboom Candy, which is very a la Pop Rocks, and there's a man in this commercial in a blue feathered suit looking a lot like Captain Crunch. So it's not Captain oh. Crunch? It's not <laughs> Captain Crunch. Oh my god. His name it's is a Pop Rock. His mascot. name is Colonel Kaboom. Oh or my god. <laughs> or, so, yeah, he's for Boom Kaboom. That's my stripper name, guys. Colonel Kaboom. So that is just, uh, that'll appear later. Um, so then it's just a bunch of skating compilations, but then we find out it's their parents' anniversary, and more than anything, they just want to go to the opera and have a nice night out, so they hire a sitter. Um, the sitter's name is Aubrey, played by Lindsay Shaw of Ned's Declassified fame. So it is. It is. Oh, Mo's. she's the sitter that makes. She is sense. their babysitter. She's not Phil's mistress. She's no. the sitter. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. not. That'd be a much more interesting movie. Um, so Aubrey comes over. They're giving her the whole spiel of this is the house, and then they tell her this is a secret room. Nick and Tristan are never allowed in this room ever, under oh. no circumstances. And she goes, "Okay." And so Wait, that's that's the end of that. She's just there to babysit Nick. Wait, and Tristan. it never comes up again. It'll come up again. Oh, okay. okay. Um, she's just there to babysit Nick and Tristan. Yep. Okay. She's just there to babysit. Um, and she explains to the boys that she has a perfect babysitter record. She has a bunch of bee patches on her sash, and she says, "See this one? See how it's not there? It's missing. You guys are the last ones I need to get a scholarship to Harvard." she applied to harvard and they were like you got straight a's a perfect gpa but you need 30 babysitting patches (laughs) you need to babysit nick and tristan just once (laughs) (laughs) they specifically request nick Nick and tristan that's not bar oh my god so uh naturally she's like iron fist they they can't leave she takes the uh, handle off the door. The boys try to escape by using like a skate tool to fumble with the door. It goes flying. It goes flying all around the room. Eventually, it hits the door to the secret room that their mom told them they're not allowed to go in. The door opens inside. This is the actual plot of the movie. There's a column and a very Buddha-like statue that uh, it like rumbles around or whatever, and then it falls and shatters. It's it's like oh. a little trinket, but it's very Buddha-esque. Okay. Um, and so Aubrey goes, what was that? Because Nick and Tristan are like, oh, our lives are over. So they educate Aubrey on what this is. Apparently, on the night of their parents' first date uh, at, what's the restaurant called? The Taj Mahungri. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Bro, a dude takes me to the Taj Mahungri. <laughs> and, uh... You marry him and have twins. No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> A prince uh, came up to them. Thank as God they I'm were... bisexual. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. A prince came up to them as they were eating 
said that this little statue that he had on his shoulder told them to get married and it could be theirs for only eight dollars. What? So what? Yeah, it's, um, is this? So is this a crack was nonsense. Is this a crack yeah, I was going to say, August's movie sounds pretty accurate. I, can I just, this is the straightest thing I've ever heard. You go on a date to a Taj Mahungri yep. and you buy a little Buddha for $8. Because some dude told you that the statue said that you guys should get married. That they got is, married in the restaurant. That is, that is, like, in, wait, that like, is insane. That night? Gosh. That night. They got married no. that night. First, first date? date? No. no wonder they look so unhappy. <laughs> That's insane. No. I gotta keep going. Who there's so this? there's so much more to this movie. I gotta keep going. And so, uh, their mom is apparently very superstitious, and if this statue ever breaks, it would mean bad luck for their family. So they keep it in a secret room on a pedestal, so nothing is gonna happen to it. So Aubrey's freaking out because they broke it. And so she pulls out like uh like a phone book, starts cir- circling stores. Says, I only have like six hours to find every trinket shop in town. We got to go. And so she leaves, realizes she forgot the boys. So she gets the boys. And they're like, where are we going? She goes, you're coming with me. As long as you're with me, pretend like we're in your house. And so um, they get in the car. And two of their friends, uh, two of Nick and Tristan's friends, come to the side of the car. One is Lisa, played by Ariel Winter. <laughs> what? Yeah. as the, From the, Modern Family? Yeah. I, yeah, um, and she was the one with the glasses or the goggles. On okay, the, she's on the, the one riding the rocket scooter. Yes. Um. Um, and so, and then the other one is her sister named Jerry, I think. And her sister has a huge crush on Tristan. Um, anyway, as Aubrey is explaining to the friends what happened, the car goes backwards because she didn't pull the handbrake. Car hits a curb, goes flying into a used sale lot. Like, they go flying in the air. The car lands in a used sale lot. The boys get out and try wandering around for a bit to try and find the statue shop, and then Megadega, they agreed that, like, oh, we should try and help Mom and Dad first. Um, So they're wandering around for a bit. They find Lisa, um, because I guess Lisa lives in the area, Um, and... Lisa took the bag of the broken pieces from the statue, find that it's from a place called Swindler's Novelties. Um, <laughs> so now the boys are on track to find Swindler's Novelties and then Megadega. Uh, along the way, they find a dog named Gordo. They become friends with Gordo. Um, and eventually they are like crossing paths with their parents. So in order to avoid their parents, they go down into a sewer. They have a skateboard ride in the sewer, and then they stumble across a bug comedy night at the septic, <laughs> which is... <laughs> I was about to say, where are the bugs? Yeah. Like stand-up bug comedy? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it's a bunch of bugs. Uh, Nick and Tristan save their comedy night by finding the missing comic. They like he, they find the bug that was supposed to perform that night. That's how they saved... Mm-hmm. That's, how they, that's how they helped they us. Found, we should help them. They, they found, found the missing comic. They found the missing comic, and then he does like two minutes of stand up, and it's awful. Oh no. Um. Yeah. So then, so while that's happening, Aubrey, the babysitter, enlists their friends to help them find the boys and the statue. Um. And so they come out of the sewer, and I kid you not, this is the scene I was l- laughing so hard at this <laughs> afternoon. They come out of the sewer. And Tristan walks into a park to find Metro Station, the band, Metro Station, playing. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> playing what? in the park. 
And they're playing the Shake It song. Shake, shake, oh, heck shake, yes. shake, shake it. This sounds like the most 2010 movie ever. See, I, but I think Metro Station, and I don't think 2010. I think earlier. Like yeah, a little bit but, earlier. That's so this like, is like, I don't right know. After, I am, after their prime. Right. IMDb <laughs> said 2010. So I It probably like, is. It just yeah, it it feels like is. After its time. It was time. probably written yeah. in like 2002. Probably. And this um, was a passion project. So then Nick is over. He found his way into a party crashers party. What? H- hence, you called them hype beasts. They're really <laughs> party crashers. Okay. Since they say, you can't crash a party crashers party. Uh, we're going to make you walk the plank. But it's really just a skateboarding bowl. So they do a compilation. They say, oh, you're pretty cool. Your initiation is now we have to shave a mohawk in your head. Okay. They don't want to do that. They run away. Uh, Aubrey, who finds them, who is like on the trail to find them, falls for a party crasher named Steve. Steve is like the hottest Steve. thing ever to her. Um, it's always a Steve, isn't it's it? It's always Steve. Steve. Steve joins them in the effort to find Nick and Tristan. Nick and Tristan split up because Nick wants to go to Megadega while Tristan wants to find the statue. Tristan sees a floating vision of the statue talking to him. The statue tells Tristan to go find his brother. Turns out Nick got caught by a security guard. Um, Tristan bails him out by calling as their dad, saying, oh, if you see my son, he has rabies. When when Nick puts uh, boom kaboom candy in his mouth and it explodes all over the place and they make a a run for it. Oh, my gosh. Um, The Aubrey and Steve are riding with Lisa and her sister. Um, They're all together trying to find the boys. Um, And eventually the boys find their way to Swindler's Novelties. Uh, where they found the statue and they corner the guy and he's like, oh, I haven't sold those statues in years, but you can't catch me and I have backup. And he calls his backup and it's Gordo, the dog they friended earlier. Oh, um, eventually the boys get the statue. Um, and they're on their way to Megadega. Uh, but in that time, their mom calls Aubrey to check on the boys. But she's so like crazy in love with Steve that all she can hear is. Steve and like car noises and a dude going hey baby so (laughs) naturally the mom starts freaking out and is like oh we gotta get home and see how the boys are like right now and so that begins the chase sequence that you guys saw so as Nick and Tristan have the statue and are booking it to Megadega um, Lisa and Aubrey and her sister get on their bike because Steve's car broke down. Um, <laughs> uh, Nick and Tristan are on their skateboards, abandoned Steve, whatever. Uh, the party crashers find them. The security guard finds them. This is all in the span of they're just like running on the street. And so, hence, uh, so they're all running on the street. And that's where the scene begins of the chase sequence. And then the bugs like, we should help them and try it. That's literally the end of the bugs is when they throw the floss and it doesn't do anything. That's the last time we see the bugs. Oh my gosh. So they're only in like two scenes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually the boys win Megadega. They fly away, grab the trophy. They crash into a boom kaboom billboard. Uh, they somehow miraculously stop flying right above their house, fall into their front yard. Um, they come home. Aubrey meets them at home. They replace the statue. It's like nothing happened. Um, eventually the mom starts dusting the statue. It falls. She starts freaking out. They replace <laughs> it with a trophy. They're like, oh, uh... that's better. Oh, nice. Uh, Steve and Aubrey get together. Turns out Steve is going to Princeton. Um, oh, can't date someone from rival college. I know. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that's about where the movie ends. So the the party crashers are chasing them because they didn't want to shave, get a mohawk shaved? Yep. Because Nick and Tristan, like the main kid says, bring me the hair of Nick and Tristan. And so in my research for this, Nick and Tristan Fusa, uh, you know, they were kids. They blew up on YouTube or whatever. It turns out they quit skateboarding in 2011 to take up tennis. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So Character development. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that movie sounds terrible. It's um, terrible. You I'm guys so watch excited it? to watch I, it. I did <laughs> some little research while listening. To the actual plot. The guy who plays Steve, Jared Anderson, was in the Bratz movie. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I know that movie, um, like, <laughs> backwards and forwards. Um, I think that it was is, my childhood. That makes a lot of sense. Andrew. I think it is the dad from Film <laughs> of the Future. It is yeah. the dad from Film of the Future. Yep. Um, writer-director Cosmo Sigerson. Sounds right. That, that, he, that makes sense. That he tracks. was additional crew on Ed Wood. Um, oh. He was also in the art department for Camp Laszlo on Cartoon Ooh, Network. Oh. And then a couple other pretty big names. Um, Salvador Pascowitz wrote uh, The Age of Adeline. Well, hold on a second. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> why? Really? What, why, does Nick, why do Nick and Tristan just start flying this, after the Mega Dega? Here's, here's a little explanation for that. The third writer, you might know this guy, John Davis Infantino. Who Sounds familiar. Wrote 148 episodes of regular show. Oh, worked on Star I've versus seen the, the Forces name. of okay, Evil. Okay, that makes perfect sense then. Uh, if he's worked on regular show, I yeah. think just because they won Mega Dega and they got so much air on that last curve, they just they just they just flew, flew into the sky all the way home. They literally crashed into a billboard, keep flying, oh, literally stopped in midair right over their home and, go, and fall down. And fall you down. know, you know what? The plot you just described sounds like a really long episode of regular show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to watch it? I do. I, 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 I yes, really do. Watch this stupid movie. Is it real if they don't get you an eight dollar Buddha statue? <laughs> <from> <laughs> <laughs> the Taj Mahungry. I can't get over that. It's I called the can't. Taj Mahungry. I literally can't. Oh my gosh. That uh, yeah. That's a good band name right there, Taj, Taj Mahungry. I literally <laughs> disassociated like three times while you were describing the plot. <laughs> no, that's fair. I was so lost. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, my brain just went, huh? <laughs> uh, this is, your brain know. just went, da, da, da. Literally, no the Jeopardy music was playing somewhere. I don't really know. <laughs> it's okay. I'm you so know, sorry. I, I watched. I rewatched this this afternoon at 1.5 speed and lost my mind. <laughs> I'm sure you did. It sounds like you would. Yeah. It sounds like the movie they used. But to now like you've got round two. War prisoners. This, you know, in Clockwork Orange, where they keep his eyes open. Yeah. It's that, but with Nick and Tristan. Uh, they're making him watch Nick and Tristan go make yeah. it. <laughs> Look at the bugs. Look at the bugs. They don't come back. Anyway. Missed opportunity. Oh my goodness. Opportunity. Yeah. Um, I mean, why didn't they just make the whole movie an allegory for Plato's view Exactly. Of the world? That's what I I'm saying. That. I could have tackled that. I think if you dig deep enough, you'll find that underlying subtext. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us for another episode of Nuclear Popcorn. Um couple people we want to thank. We want to thank our friend Aaron for... Uh, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Doing thank the intro you. with his lovely, You're... sultry voice. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. A, it is a beautiful voice. Oh, we also want to plug our Instagram at Nuclear Popcorn. Um, thank you for listening. And I've been Luke. I've been August. I've been Ben.
I mean, I am Hannah, but I I guess I've been Hannah as well. <laughs> I used to be Ben. <laughs> now I don't know. Oh, and uh, who am I? Yeah, and uh, next week's episode is August's episode, and we will be watching. I'm so excited! It's uh, it's called Planet of the Vampires. Amazing! It's I'm Fantastic. so I'm so excited! It's so I I just started watching. It's so bad! <laughs> it's so bad, but it looks it looks awesome. <laughs> So join us next week. So Make sure you don't miss it. Drive safe. Give your homie a kiss goodnight. That's all. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank Thank you. you.